Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon and welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. My guest today is an Englishman, or rather, Englishwoman, Juliette uh, Rackerson. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Oh, that's fine. It really is. Uh, I've heard it mangled many different ways, <laughs> yeah. but Rackerson is fine. Right. Okay. You know, because I've heard it several different ways. In any case, Juliet <laughs> was born in Plymouth, Devon, of the United Kingdom, and she has performed worldwide as a professional actor, yes, singer, musician. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. all those things. And now, um, well, first of all, welcome, Juliet, to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. By the way, what instrument did you play? I uh, played piano. Okay. That's great. We have to do that together sometime. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. <laughs> well... I asked Juliet to be my guest today because I know her professionally. She is the principal agent, is that the way you put it, of the Harris Talent Agency. It's a comparatively new talent agency in Richmond, Virginia. Yes. And by the way, Juliet, for all those 20th century performers um, out there who, who don't think they can cross over into the 21st century, Juliet is a dream at helping you through <laughs> to cross over that great divide. And believe me, I know because I'm one of them. But um, <laughs> thank you for all of that, Juliet, and for being on the show today. Tell me, what inspired you to launch the Harrison Talent Agency and why in Richmond, Virginia? Well, Virginia has been my home since I came to the USA, and I'm very fond of Virginia. Mm -hmm. And uh, during uh, my time here, I have been very fortunate to meet some wonderful people within the business. Mm -hmm. And my daughter actually uh, was acting as a teen, and I got to know even more people in the business. Mm. And her agent in New York was a wonderful lady who's just passed, uh, sadly. Uh, and she was 81 years of age and still went to her talent agency every day. Wow. She worked a full day and was an incredible inspiration to me. Mm -hmm. And you know, timing is a funny thing. Yes. I spent my life 
working in the industry one way or the other, as a performer, as a coach, as an agent, as a, a, a manager, helping my daughter's career, mm-hmm. and mentoring others. And so with the kids now going off to college, I'm, I was thinking, well, what am I going to do? Mm. And and my mentor, Barbara Andriotis, inspired me to start my own talent agency. And so I did, and I based it on her boutique agency in New York. And that's what I'm bringing to the table now, something very different, a boutique agency where uh, it's for working actors. Mm. And um, I like to help get them to the next level. Oh, I love that. So you work with me because Mm -hmm. I'm a working professional actor? I love that. I didn't know that was your reason. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I really like helping people. And I have a wealth of experience, both as a performer and as a coach. And I needed to give back. And, mm-hmm. uh, and this is a way of uh, for me to give back. I think that's excellent, Juliet. And again, as I have worked with you, I, I know that's all true. I know you are giving. I know your husband's giving because every time I email you, you answer me within minutes. So <laughs> no matter what, I'm not encouraging other actors to do that, but I, you get right back to me. So I know on the there's always, you know, that uh, that other half that uh, has to be in support of uh, support Absolutely. our dreams. You know. Absolutely. Both my husband and my children. Uh, have been incredibly supportive. In fact, it's quite funny to hear my teenage daughter complaining that, Mom, you're always on the phone. Mm. You're like a teenager, Mom. You need to put your phone down. I'm like, no, this is all part of it. It's true. And I guess what's part of it now, which I, as you know, am still adjusting to, I I, am... as you've been on both sides of the table, uh, or, or every side of the table, I should say, uh, my I primarily, my career in, except of course I was on soaps, but as an actor, but um, my career primarily in New York was as a director and writer, and now uh, I would say uh, in Virginia and D.C. it's um, writer, actor, and then director, but you know, life takes us, as you say, timing is a is a divine thing, I will say. You you just it never really know. Is. And you're always in some place for a reason. You just have to figure it out and, and match that. But I'm better understanding as an actor when things uh-huh. don't always go as you would wish. For instance, uh, Juliet got me an audition, and she thought I was wonderful, and the casting director uh, thought I was wonderful, and I thought I was wonderful. You know, But I always tell... Uh, uh, actors, when you come out, you think you're great. You probably didn't get that one. But if you come out doubting, <laughs> you may you may have. But my point is, because I've been on the other side of the table more often than not, I understand there's so many pieces that are a part of a director making a decision. But it's more than the director now. Um, yeah. Talk to us about who are all the people who are now a part of casting an actor and why right it's an incredible process first of all to receive what we call a breakdown from Mm -hmm. a casting director you actually have to have been recommended to be part of a organization and uh, so you you actually have to be proven as an agent before you receive these 
wonderful breakdown. Mm -hmm. Media for television, national broadcast, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So we, we we get a breakdown in, and then I go through the actors, and I look at each actor very carefully, and then. I submit that actor along with his headshot, resume, and any um, clips he has of previous work to the casting director. Mm -hmm. And then the casting director receives submissions from all over the East Coast. Mm -hmm. We go all the way down from Florida, uh, New Orleans, D.C., New Jersey, New York, mm -hmm. Atlanta, North Carolina, South Carolina. So you can imagine that casting directors have this huge mass of submissions. And yes. they see the headshots and resumes. Some actors they know, some they don't. But they have an incredibly difficult job, and it's a very skillful job. And then what they do, they choose a certain amount of these actors to actually perform an electronic or digital audition. Mm -hmm. And this is now very important. Uh, it's an important piece of the puzzle. So your actor, you, you receive a notice from casting, and they say, we would like to see this actor on tape. Here's your deadline. Here are the sides for the actor. Go. And so it's my job then to contact the actor, make sure he's available, make sure that he receives all his instructions and then gets the audition back to me in a timely manner. I then check the audition uh, to see that it's okay technically. Mm -hmm. And then if it's not, I offer the gift uh, of the actor to redo his audition and I'll give him notes. I'll say the lighting wasn't good or the sound wasn't good or whatever the issue is. And then uh, he gets that back to me and I send it to casting. And then from casting, they will choose a certain number that goes to the producer level. And then within the producer level, there are all of the people, the writers, the directors, the showrunners, everybody's there. And then they finally choose one actor to play that role. And so it's quite a process. And what's happening here in Virginia with all of these fantastic opportunities coming from Lincoln and Steven Spielberg, mm. Tom Hanks, I mean, recently Daniel Radcliffe, yes. um, Harry Potter, as we know, was here. So Virginia actors are getting an opportunity to, to have an incredible experience with the highest level of directors and production in the world, yes. without a doubt. Yes. And um, on the downside for the Virginia actor, though, uh, is that they have to compete with everybody else from Atlanta to New York. Yes. And so this means that the, the Virginia actor now really, really has to be aware mm -hmm. and take on this fierce competition. You know, you answered several of my questions, but that was fabulous. First of all, you drew the, the line of distinction between the talent agent, who you are, and a casting yes. director. You made that clear. But also, yes. there's so much more that gets me into my questions about the, the 21st century. And uh, you touched on Virginia and Lincoln. And this is all because of... Now, for you actors out there who might 
be frightened of or resist the change, don't do that. Because in reality, this is for, it, it's for the best for the actor. It may be, a, we need a learning curve, and certainly I did. I mean, my, to, to give again a personal example, uh, my very first um, audition for Juliet that, that she got me, I, yes, see, she's laughing already. Uh, I, I had, I just, um, you know, I put something on tape like like she requested and or not like she requested, I guess. But she and this is what's grand, because I don't know if every agent does this, but I've had good fortune with casting directors. But I've known a lot of agents in New York who, you know, you don't get a, a second crack at it. But basically, Juliet gave me a do over. By the right. way, I got a call back from that. And that was my very first time submitting digitally in the 21st century. So it does work. But what it also does, as with anything on the Internet, it certainly opens up the competition, as you were saying. Because, Definitely. And you, we have now the southeastern region, or is it the east yes, coast the region? Or is it... <laughs> yep, the east coast, southeast. The, the truth be told, the actor's goal mm -hmm. should be from their audition tape. Yes. And so would I take the time with the actors in my agency is that we really work on this. We work on this a lot uh, from the beginning. We go over the technicals. Yes. We go over the technique that is used on a small screen rather than on stage, mm -hmm. there's a huge difference in technique, and some people are resistant to that. They've been a fabulous stage actor for mm -hmm. many years, mm -hmm. and now they're they're moving. They want to move into film and television. There is a, a need to learn yes. this amazing technique, and 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 sometimes that's a little difficult to learn. But mm -hmm. everybody that I work with is seeing just wonderful, wonderful things. They're all auditioning. And and the actor's job is to audition. Yes, exactly. And and not all actors understand that, even before the 21st century. Your job is to go out and try and get the job and then allow the, 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 allow the talent agent and the casting director and all. The, there are, I think, am I correct in saying uh -huh. there are a lot more people above and beyond the agent and casting director who are the decision makers than there used to be. Is that Definitely. correct? It's just an astounding system, and I, I must admit, although, as Juliet knows, I shouldn't give away all my secrets, but I'm trying to encourage actors of all ages. Uh, of course, if you're under 25, all of this is not new to you. <laughs> You've been, you know, this is a breeze. Well, you know, you'd be surprised. They might find it easier to maybe download, upload, you know, but, but yeah. honestly, they still need to learn 
they still need to learn what they're doing too. And, and so my big emphasis for all actors, whether you know they're with me or anybody else, is mm -hmm. to train. You must yes. get training to be competitive. Well, and you know, and we're gonna we're gonna get more into the training and how long and what kind, but. Um, just as I, I was going to tell the story of, again, my first time doing this with um, uh, Juliet, uh, this uh, digital 21st century. You know, I mean, it's not like I haven't walked into many auditions, but but the the camera, there were camera people or at least casting director people, staff interns. Somebody was behind the camera telling me what they wanted me to do. I just hit my mark and did it to the best of my ability. But now right. you need to have in some form a personal studio and we can talk about what that can look like uh, and sure. what the requirements are I did that at home uh, the first time and then <laughs> that was only the first part then I had uh -huh. to get it to Juliet in something called uh, what is it Re we transfer I oh, yeah. we love we transfer. yeah and and now that I know how to do it it's a breeze but that first time I thought Juliet was from Mars or something. What was this? And she really, really talked me through it step by step. And I love learning new things. But there was, there were, <laughs> I thought I was not going to make it through WeTransfer. But again, now that I know, it is so simple. Let, let's talk a minute about, I know we kind of, you mentioned Lincoln and I meant to go there, but, but all of it's good. And we have another segment besides that, so we can continue. But what is the impact uh, we've talked about some of it, as in how the actor's the actor's responsibility for auditioning has changed, but it beats yeah. driving in a car and wasting gasoline. Think of it that way. Click of a mouse instead of driving for 50 miles or whatever. But um, what is the impact on what's going on in, well, in Virginia, in the mid-Atlantic mid states, in the southeast region? What's the impact of this, what I think is a sudden influx of multi-million dollar productions how does that affect the local actor we've talked about digitally technically right. how it affects them but what other ways because i think that's just think, one way you know, it's very interesting we don't live in a hub here yep. in virginia that means our actors have to travel they have to get in their car mm -hmm. and travel they have to travel to atlanta they have to travel to new york they have to travel to dc maryland yes uh, to travel yes and what it means for an actor for a multi-million dollar project coming here they can have a taste of what it's really really like yes they can experience uh the process of of world-renowned directors yes they can experience and be directed by, for instance, the great Steven Spielberg yes. with a local actor saying, hey, I want you to say this line like this and I want <laughs> you to do this and this. How incredible, how incredible is yes. that for an actor from Virginia? And you know what this does also to act, it gives them hope and they want more and they want to do more. And it gives them this incredible, I think, confidence that that what they're doing, which is their dream and their passion, is mm -hmm. right. Uh, and it gives them really a huge uh, lift and obviously a fantastic resume credit. Yes. Um, and it exposes them also to, you'll see, named actors. And yes. And their styles and how they work and what they're like behind the camera, what they're like 
in front of the camera, how they change. Do they stay in character? Do they, are they joking around before mm. the director, uh, you know, starts to speak? It's very interesting. So all of this for Virginia actors is an extraordinary experience to really enjoy and learn just what it takes to to be a successful working actor on a million dollar film set a fantastic opportunity and then you know they can take that experience and maybe they're invited to take part in one of the fabulous uh, student films say at VCU uh -huh. and they bring them they oh. bring knowledge yes. and so all of this knowledge is shared this wealth of knowledge it, it just is important uh, in the creative process. We all need to learn from one another. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break. This is a fascinating conversation with my guest, Juliette Rackerson, that's close, I think, uh, who is the founder and principal agent of the Harris Talent Agency, relatively, comparatively new agency in Richmond, Virginia, who is finding work or at least auditions for actors all over the southeast, and the southeast is bigger than ever before. It runs from Florida to the Mississippi, I think, and up to New York City and back down to Florida. So it's quite a triangle. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Juliet. Stay with us. Don't go away. And now... Another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. In any situation where romance and family interact, there's a weirdness inherent in letting someone new into a life that's long been in progress. Few films capture the extremes of such weirdness better than Cyrus, written and directed by Jay and Mark Duplass. John, played by John C. Riley, is working through his depression at a party and is drunkenly peeing in the bushes when he meets Molly, Marissa Tomei. They hit it off, and after several dates ending with Molly's middle-of-the-night disappearance, John finally follows her home. He awakens the next morning to find Cyrus, Molly's heretofore unmentioned 20-something son. Cyrus, played with a touch of Norman Bates by Jonah Hill, is not happy with this interruption to his very intimate mommy's boy life. A cunning adult child, he ably crafts sympathetic emotion into a weapon, both comic and horrifying, with unknown limits. There follows a series of very strange confrontations that seriously threaten both John and Molly's budding relationship and Molly and Cyrus's inordinate bonds. Cyrus is no ridiculous rom-com cliché. It's an offbeat story that takes big chances and shines because of them. Cyrus, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show with my guest today, Juliet Rackerson, the principal agent at the Harris Talent Agency in Richmond, Virginia, finding uh, auditions uh, uh, for the acting community, the working actors uh, in the, oh, from Florida to New York to Chicago. Does Chicago come into the southeast area? <laughs> Well, which is kind of crazy, but we do. Wow. Tell me, uh, Juliet, as a uh, talent agent, what, yes. what kind of actor, what level do you need? What are you looking for? 
looking for an actor that has some experience. Perhaps they started as a background actor um, and then they moved up a little. They've done local work, but they're looking to go to a national level. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for an actor who is hungry, prepared to work hard, that understands that um, I can be very honest, mm-hmm. blunt, mm-hmm. shall we say, and that understands it's not personal, we're, we're, this is business, and that together uh, we, we take a look at the actor as a whole, uh, his personal life or her personal life, mm-hmm. and where they're at, we, we cover everything. Um, how best to combine finances with with while they're gaining in their career and building their resume. What can they do to just have some money coming in that's flexible? We cover everything. Mm. Um, you know, they need to have a car in working order. Yes. Um, I like to um, I like to talk to my actors about expenses. I, I really like them to have a refillable visa card, for instance, mm. so that they can take money and put it on there. And these are all actor expenses. Headshots, uh, wardrobe, uh, you know, perhaps they need to drive to an audition. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have gas money. Do they have enough money for, you know, a little bit of food? Do they have enough money if they have a call back the next day to stay in a hotel? Mm-hmm. So all of those things I talk to the actor about so that we, the actor and I have a, a relationship that, that feels like family, that they, they trust me, I trust them, we can talk about anything, we can improve, we can just do whatever is needed for the actor. Excellent. I, you know, I, I hear you and I certainly, again, have to say, I can confirm that you are, you are the agent you are describing because I oh, certainly have felt, you. I felt like, uh, uh, actually, closer than some family members. Well, you know, the, the truth is, uh, actors are wonderful. They bring yes. such a unique, such a unique gift to, to each role because mm-hmm. they bring themselves yes. and they're unique. And they're, but they're also a CEO of their own company. Yes, they are in charge of themselves. They have to do it all. They have to build their career. They have to manage financially. They have to, you know, re- they have to go to class. They yes. have to do, do it all, be able to tape an audition. Yes, you exactly. Know. Yes. So, so there's lots of things. There's lots of components here. And, and I really try my very hardest with each and every one of them to, to get them where they want to go. You know, I'm going to um, I'm going to throw out a couple of things. Uh-oh. Well, three things that, that you've touched on that I just want to, uh, you know, throw throw my vote in, in agreement with you. One is doing extra work. Now, yeah. I I started out. At, well, I can't imagine most actors probably started out as an extra, uh, and and by that I mean on television for soap operas. Like I uh-huh. I was. Uh, cast as an extra in in a number of soaps before I got the there you are before I you know was cast as Franco and I do remember and in movies in particular the great uh, Sylvia Fay uh, from years ago and she took note of me as did others and I remember one story I want to tell in particular oh 4 a.m. or something we were on the bus all of us extras and when I arrived the agent 
or I guess the casting assistant to Sylvia Fay, because uh, this goes all the way back to King of the Gypsies, so I'm giving away my age, I guess, but uh, stopped me at the front of the bus and said to this busload of extras, this is what you need to be. Marcello, when he's on as an extra, he does exactly what we tell him to do. He, he's waiting where we tell him to wait, and, da, 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 and right. that's what you need because right. people notice. And, of course, she was making right. the point yeah. because she noticed yeah. and was using that as an example. So I started there, and the, the way I got Franco was that a casting director came in, called me in, she was a new one, and said that the, the past casting director had who had given me so much extra, and not only me, by the way, because she liked what I did as an extra. Uh, she said at Christmas, when you couldn't find a lot of actors to work, she would say, do you have any acting friends who can come in? So she took my word and had more extras, gave act more actors work just because, and all I did was do what they told me to do. So, um, Exactly. And, yeah. and, you know, today, that still applies. For somebody to get an opportunity to be a background extra, it's an opportunity to learn. It's not the perfect place where you want to be for the rest of your career mm -hmm. for, for some people but it is a wonderful place to learn and you learn yes. uh, just everything don't touch your costumes don't yeah. touch your hair don't touch your makeup <laughs> um, don't you eat know, in your costume you, or drink in your costume and, yeah, it, well yeah or at least cover yourself up with a you know, yes. garbage bag these days yes. you know, don't be on your cell phone on mm. You know, I um, forgive me for dropping this name, but I'm, I, I think in the lobby of the Equity Building, Colleen Dewhurst was for a time the head of uh, Actors' Equity, and we bumped into each other in the lobby, and I was teaching acting for camera uh, at the time in the same building, and I, I asked her if, uh, and, and quick sort of antidote, she was so wonderful, I, I started to approach her. She, she said, you know, I'm in a frightful hurry, can you walk with me? Now, she didn't know me from Adam, but wasn't that generous? Anyways, but we oh, walked yeah. We walked for a while, and we talked about everything, except, of course, Georgie Scott. I wouldn't bring that up. But, but I asked her specifically about training, and she said, oh, Marcello, it never stops. Tell us uh -huh. about that. Uh, tell me about that. I mean, you know, an actor reaches a certain age, has done a few things, um, but that doesn't mean... Obviously, with the 21st century new world, but there's more to it than that too. What? How do we train? Where do we go? Well, sadly, 
don't have enough training in our area. Mm -hmm. I was just recently talking with a fabulous actor who is uh, a teacher and coach here mm -hmm. in, in uh, Richmond, and he is still learning. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk, we talk to actors, and they get to certain levels. Now, each different teachers teach different things, and sometimes yes. with an actor, you'll see that they're more geared towards maybe more commercials than they are the leading man. Or maybe they're geared more to soap opera than they are to, you know, uh, serious drama. Mm -hmm. uh, so there, what you have to do is is work with the actor and and say, hey, it would be good if you explored this. I also, I, do, I don't do it all for the actor. I, I The actor must do a lot of this for himself. Yes. So I can suggest and say, hey, I think it would be great if you went to this place or you went to New York and you went to this studio. Nice. Or I think you would do great if you went to Virginia Beach to meet with this acting teacher. Mm. Or you, it depends on the actor. Mm -hmm. And so what I like to do, and that's another reason why I keep my business very small, so I can spend this time to help. Mm -hmm. And it's very critical because, you know, then you have an actor saying, but I can't afford this. I'm like, okay, well, what can we do while you get your finances together? Because you need to do this to get to the level that you want to be. Yes. So... It's a continual process. Uh, you know, the, the most famous names, household names, still go to class yes. in New York and in L.A. Uh, they go to class. Yes. Uh, there, there's never a time when they're not learning. So I recommend to each actor, based on their individual needs, where they need to go to, to get their training. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, that's that's a reality that we have to face, and I welcome it because, and again, I'll, I'll confess, <laughs> I'll throw myself on the altar to uh, to support your, your point. Um, I've been doing this a long time. I've taught it a long time. I've directed actors on and off camera, on the stage, etc., and still, in a recent audition for a workshop with Juliet, broke one of the the rules and that is I stared right into the camera and I know better and, and you know oh, but, you're so cute. but I <laughs> and, and and not only that before the casting director who was running the workshop um pointed it out the moment it was on screen I went uh I could see it you know uh and so there are things like that that you just need to be reminded of and right. um, and that's that's part of the training. That's also, as you said earlier, that's part of working with the real pros. I know once, exactly. um, uh, once uh, I think where we met or almost met you and I for the first time uh, because of this we met. In any case, even if we didn't meet there, that was the the big thing down at the Bird Theater in Richmond, Virginia. That so many yeah. agents and casting directors came into that. Uh, um, Erica Arvold was hosting. Yeah. And she was asked the question, and I've I felt this too. I felt the difference, but I want to get your take on it. And she was asked the question: What is the difference between the Virginia actor and the New York actor in an audition? And she took just the slightest moment and said, 
the New York actor makes a choice. Right or wrong, they make a choice. And the Virginia actor doesn't always make a choice. And I've always told uh, told actors, you, you need to walk in there and show them something. Whether they like it or not, that's okay. But if you show them something, if you make, uh, and maybe you need to explain to what I'm saying, which is making a choice. What is, what is mm-hmm. that? Tell us what that is. Okay, well, when, when the actor gets the sides, he must build a background story for his act, his character. Yes. And before he learns his lines, he really needs to mine that script for anything that gives him clues. Yes. Uh, to the emotion, to the moment where they are, what's going on in the scene. All of those things must be prepared before taping the scene or going into an audition for the scene. And those are the things that we work on to give the Virginia actor mm-hmm. uh, an introduction to, to that. I mean, it, it is very, very important for the actor. They can't just wing it. Exactly. You can't walk in and go, oh, I've been acting for 40 years. <laughs> I know how to do this. You can't do it. No. You just can't do it. No. Because the camera will pick up every... Yes. yes. The camera will pick up whether you're prepared or not. The camera sees everything. Your yes. Just picks it up. Everything. And you, you, and and also for the stage actor, they need to learn to be still mm-hmm. and let all of the emotion come out through the eyes because mm-hmm. the eyes tell it all. Every time, if you think of who your favorite actor, current actor is on screen. Yes. It'll be because you believe them. And you believe them because you're looking in their eyes. Yes, yes. And, and it's, it's it is a wonderful thing. Uh, and so we like to work on uh, emotion and reality. And, and sadly, you know, kids sometimes think, "Oh, I can do it because I'm going to be a big reality star because it's reality TV." <laughs> well, that isn't acting. No, acting is a craft. Yes, acting is is a lifetime of learning and yes. of performing and um, that's the difference it's a big commitment it's a commitment uh, not just for five minutes and you move on to something else yes so true before we have to go and I do want to make certain we get whatever contact information you want to give for the actors um, hearing this around the world um, I, I want to just throw out one one other quick thing. Earlier, uh, Juliet was talking about the experience one gets from being on the set, even as an extra. Uh-huh. I had a um, I was cast in Lincoln and uh, uh, was a day player. And I have to tell you, you know, I've done a lot of stuff with a lot of people, but but being uh-huh. but having Steven Spielberg. First of all, it isn't just when Steven Spielberg spoke to me and said what he wanted me to do. It's watching uh-huh. Steven Spielberg talking to uh, Tommy Lee Jones. And that experience, we were, we were in the Richmond State House and, and, and uh, Steven Spielberg was up in the balcony. So we hadn't seen him for a bit. But Tommy Lee Jones was, was uh, and his role, I won't, won't, don't want to spoil it in case there's anyone out there who could possibly not have seen Lincoln. Um, <laughs> But there's this one incredible line where uh, Tommy Lee's um, character has to make a statement 
so that this will pass. And, and I won't even say what this is because you need to go see it or rent it or whatever. Uh-huh. But um, he said the line. And, of course, there are 200 people there who all, who think he was marvelous, and he was. But then this whisper comes from the balcony, uh, which Stephen says, now try it this way, a beat. And then Tommy Lee Jones does it again. And he doesn't, he doesn't do it differently. That is, he doesn't leave behind what he did first. He adds, he layers. Uh-huh. And then again, Stephen, wonderful Tommy, could you do it? Add this. And, and so, and we watched, all of us, I mean it was absolutely silent. We uh-huh. watched and listened to those two working uh-huh. with one another. And it was amazing. You never forget and, and it. Exactly that. It is working together. Yes. And it, it, it also, I mean, the, the, I would suggest that anybody wanting to get into this really needs the discipline of theater yes. so that they understand listening and and reacting and giving the director what they need. Um, the casting directors love to see that that uh, emerging actors have have done some theater, mm-hmm. a community theater uh, especially. It's wonderful for discipline. And then they know that, um, you know, they're not going to turn around and tell the director, what? I don't <laughs> think so. Who do you think you are? You know, it's a... It's a a wonderful, wonderful way to uh, discover who you are and your passion. Yes. And if that leads you to the director on a film set, if that leads you to Steven Spielberg, I think that's fantastic. Yes, and it was. I have to say, right. I, I'm glad I, I wanted to speak about that, and I'm glad you made the point. Um, even though theater actors need to learn and make the difference in front of a camera, Theater right. is a tremendous place to start to learn oh, that yeah. yes, that most of acting is reacting because when it comes to the camera, that is it. All those reaction yeah. shots are what uh, tie right. it together. But we could go on, you and I. I know this has been grand, <laughs> Juliet. Tell us how do you want actors to be in touch with the Harris Talent Agency, well, or if at I, all. <laughs> I think it would be great. I have a form on the website, and if you go to www.harristalentagency.com, and uh, you'll see the contact page. You can contact me, send me a message. Uh, I love to meet actors, and I don't charge any fees. Um, I, I just don't believe that that's right. Mm-hmm. I'm very open to, uh, to meeting new talent. And uh, just see if we're a good fit and you're welcome to join the Harris family. We Mm -hmm. really are like a family. We have such a great time together. And uh, we all support each other in whatever it is we're doing. And um, I would love to hear from actors who really want to take the next step in their career. And give us the website one more time, please. It's uh, www.harristalentagency.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Juliet Arakison, who is the principal agent at the Harris Talent Agency in Richmond, Virginia. Thanks for being on the show, Juliet. You know I love you. It was great. It was a pleasure.
Yeah, Sarah and I love you too. All right. Uh, well, hope to hear from you soon. <laughs> How's that to end like an actor, huh? <laughs> you take care and all the best to you and your family and to the Harris family uh, talent agency as well. Bye now. Bye-bye. Stay with us as we'll be right back with a final comment from The Reasonable Voice. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. You don't see many successful revenge thrillers coming out of the low-budget indie world. But writer-director cinematographer Jeremy Saunier jumps confidently onto this difficult road and delivers Blue Ruin, a surprisingly satisfying journey for fans of this genre. Living a hobo's life, Dwight maintains a minimal hold on reality. He borrows empty vacation homes for the occasional shower and sleeps in his Blue Ruin of a car parked seaside at a Delaware beach. When Dwight hears that a man who brutally killed his parents is being released from prison, we realize what caused his mental breakdown. Dwight knows what he has to do, and he does it very badly. He's no trained killer, after all. Through this act, he is dropped into the vortex of a savage family feud, and he and his sister are soon in the malicious sights of a deadly clan of hardcore rednecks. Now, if you have Liam Neeson and a hundred million or so, you might take this premise and reliably deliver a mighty satisfying revenge tale. But Sonier has done it here with an unknown cast and very little money. Ah, the romance of the indie challenge. When it works, it is just so satisfying. Blue Ruin. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us in becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Missing you and us, too. There was little reason for my grandmama to leave her huge farm to go into town a few miles away for groceries, gasoline, farm equipment, overalls, and newspapers. Now I only go back for the funerals and do hear on the breeze what I've missed. I'm not into romanticizing the past. Believing things, for the most part, are always improving. Until G.W. and Cheney, of course. As long as what's new doesn't obliterate what's been with what's coming round the bend. I don't miss Mayberry or my slumlord friends on Shelter Island, but I do miss New York City neighborhoods, walking city blocks, and being constantly in rehearsals for something. I miss Gypsy and Heinrich, best and worst watchdogs respectively. Don't miss Dad and Mom so much as it still feels like they're here. But I do miss people who trim their trees back from power lines, so when the winds come, we keep our A.C. I miss hailing a yellow cab for Carol Channing, strolling Midtown with Colleen Dewhurst, and chatting with James Whitmore about the next voice you hear. He said I was too young to have seen it, but while other boys my age were outside playing ball, I was watching old movies on TV. Mr. Whitmore was so proud of the fact that he had made the movie with Nancy Reagan before she met Ronnie. But I told him I would never forget what it felt like when God spoke to him on his radio. I miss that. I miss taking time to tune up with morning prayers and reel-to-reel -reel Gregorian chant. 
I don't miss fast cars and curvy roads, for that's still how I relax. I miss Jimmy Stewart and Harvey, Yul Brenner and the American Original Six, Gregory Peck, whom Mom told, my son is an actor too. I never miss Florida, except when I think of hurricanes 250 miles offshore pinning me against the lifeguard chair, streaking back my hair with beach sand, my lips rimmed like a margarita glass, and the ocean some distance away lapping occasionally at my toes, as a seagull above makes no headway because of headwinds. I miss the silence that can only be heard without the din, and I miss people who understand the wisdom in that. I miss Marvine's white boots as much as our drama classes. I miss my voice lessons with Wayne and Ernie, and both the Peabody and Baltimore Opera in the days of George Woodhead and Bill Januzzi, the only man who smoked more cigarettes than my 61-year-old brother, just diagnosed with the lungs of an 80-year-old. I miss him already. For me, missing is more happy memories than sad longing. But I do miss not seeing my best friend Lance Thomas Vining. However, I don't miss the Silver Diner, his favorite dining choice. I do miss my annual trips to Europe, but it was a wonderful career that suspended them, so we make our choices. I miss dates on letters even to find telephone numbers on bills, and I miss sleeping more than five hours a night. But most of all, I miss who we were in the sixties. I miss Abraham, Martin, and John, and Bobby, too. Join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.